And Elias said with authority, let's stop talking and let's start podcasting. Greetings to all to uh, watch the PhD podcast. This is a podcast where we attempt to demystify the scientific PhD process. These are for all kinds of folks, whether they're going through the rigors of pursuing a PhD, uh, thinking about getting a PhD, uh, or even just curious about it. Maybe you have a friend, maybe you have a relative that seems to be uh, not sleeping much and doesn't have a kid, and you're like, what's the deal? It's probably, they're probably pursuing a PhD. <laughs> so you can get a little bit insight into that into their life. Um, of course, we are associated with uh, a website uh, at realphddeal.com. That's R-E-A-L-P-H-D-E-A-L.com. Uh, and of course, we have a group email at phdealmail at gmail.com, and which is p-h-d-e-a-l-m-a-i-l at gmail.com. So please, if you have any comments, questions, anything, uh, potential topics that you want us to discuss, anything at all, send it over. We'd be more than over the moon to, to get any uh, feedback. Um, we're also uh, happy to take a stab, like I said, at any questions. But just so you know, uh, anything we talk about today and, and answering your questions is basically reflects our views. It's no way meant to represent any of the views of our institution or organizations we're associated with. Uh, and, of course, this is based on our experience and our knowledge base, which is, of course, limited. So we're going to give our best bet, our best effort to try and answer and give you our, our views for these topics. But, of course, take everything with a grain of salt. And, of course, we're also uh, all science and engineering-based PhDs. So our show will obviously cater to that type of PhD. But with all that said, let's get on to the episode. So uh, I am here. Luis Estevez, uh, I'd like to introduce uh, Rajan Patel. What's up, Rajan? Hello, hello. What's up? And we have Elias, and I, I, I'm going to slaughter your last name, so I'm just going to say Elias. Elias Nakuzi. Nakuzi. Uh, actually, yeah, of course, yeah. of course. I, I was under pressure. Not to be mistaken for uh, Nazuki. I often <laughs> really? get that a lot. <laughs> uh, Elias comes yeah. from Lebanon, who makes the best hummus in the world, I, I'm told. Oh, oh. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah, that's yes, yes. objective. Yeah. So we're already getting yeah. into controversial <laughs> topics. Yeah, this yeah. is like, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this is very non-controversial. Yeah. Right. So our topic today is yeah. choosing your school, choosing your department, and choosing your advisor for your PhD. These uh, seem like three separate topics, but really they're all completely linked. So each one influences the other. So we're going to get into that and uh, how important these things are and, uh, and, and basically uh, which of the three uh, we find most important, uh, how to make those choices, what our experiences are with those, those things. So, so to, to start off, uh, do you guys have any, any thoughts of which is probably – I mean it's hard to rank these things because like I said, they all 
they're all functions of each other. But uh, if you had to choose one, which do you think would be the most important? Uh, uh, either of you guys, uh, Elias, do, do you have a thought on this? Sure. Yeah. Actually, I think when you're applying, it's a different mindset than when you're accepting an offer. So the first key step when you're applying for an institution is to make sure that at the end of that process, you're going to get an offer somewhere. And so uh, it kind of, you can already start strategizing as to which institutions to apply to uh, so that you can maximize your chances to get into the best possible kind of position that you would care about. So in my mind, uh, you know, applying for a PhD program is not a very easy uh, task. You know, there's... Uh, you need to prepare some documents. You need to do some standardized tests. You need to, you know, uh, get some recommendation letters and fill in that application process. But one thing that's key about that is that, you know, if you apply to one institution, uh, it's not that sure, much of yeah. a leap to apply for several other institutions. So you might as well do that. And f- for me, I would think it's a good idea to uh, to just gauge your credentials, uh, basically your GPA compared to uh, what those requirements are in those institutions. Uh, uh, if you know someone there, kind of get an idea on what, what's the level yeah, of students that are getting good. in. Yeah, that's what I was good. Uh, and then apply for a couple, two or three or four universities where you have a fair like competing chance, where you think you kind of uh, stack up well to candidates that get positions there. And then also apply to a couple of more long-shot universities that are maybe higher ranked, that you think you're at the edge of getting accepted or not. And then maybe a couple which are maybe some sort of safety net. And so uh, so where you kind of comfortably meet the requirements for those programs, and so you think you can have options to fall back on. So that's in terms of the applying. But then, obviously, uh, once you start getting the responses... And you have offers. Yeah, yeah, of course. Always, always that way. Because that's how life works. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So then it starts getting into what Lou is uh, thinking of in terms of which program, institution, facilities, professors, uh, and how to make those decisions. But, uh, you know, often it's, it's about the level of the institution that kind of decides and luck and other factors that kind of decide whether you get an offer in the first place. Yeah. But that's not the only thing to be considered as to which offer you accept, actually. It's not just the level of Yeah, yeah. So I, there are other I, things that's, that that, that's a beautiful, perfect introduction of, of applying to universities like I, or applying for PhD programs. I think, I think what you need to uh, – you need to target programs that, that do the work that you like and that have people there that you can see yourself work. You know, go to the research web pages. Most of them are like – horrifically outdated uh so but just you know but if you follow the papers that's probably the best way to know what work they're doing so look at recent papers look at what they're getting involved in are they into carbon nanotubes are they into are they are they starting to make uh, play with quantum dots are they using are they into solar i mean the, the general trends you can definitely spot and if and if you think you may like these type of topics and and or or these things interest you then you you know you should at least have a few research groups that are doing things that you find interesting at, at this institution. And then, and then of course the level of institution, if they have like great facilities and that kind of thing, and then you can apply to them. But then once you get to the, uh, get a few acceptances, hopefully, then you can start to kind of start to really try to decouple these, these, these uh, tremendously coupled things and try to figure out like what's, 
what's uh, most important? Like, you know, do you do you do you go for the institution that has uh, the the really world famous facilities? Let, let's say uh, that have like a, amazing. Uh, let's say I, I was a material scientist, so uh, you know, I, I was really intrigued by big institutions like Georgia Tech and and like um, like a Cornell University that has tremendous characterization facilities and, and, and you can do just about anything there, which was kind of exciting. But, you know, if you have uh, a potential PI that you think uh, fits you really well, and maybe you even have some email exchanges going on, that might be a way to go as well, too. Like, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are as far as like going for the school, going for the program, as far as like, you know, a famous program, famous school versus a famous PI or one that you click with, like I, I, I don't know. I just to throw it out there. I personally think, as uh, I mean, they're all great, of course, and you you ideally want all three things to work in in your favor. But to me, I think having the right PI is so critical and so crucial. And it's hard. yeah, and to me, it's like that's if you have someone that you that you drive with really well, and you think. Uh, would work out really well, then that that should at least weigh heavily in your decision. Of course, things can change, right? You may get there, and all of a sudden you realize you don't get, you don't get along that well, or or uh, the research group is not exactly doing uh, things that you find interesting. But I think even when when they're doing things that you don't find interesting, having like a good PI is is just it's it's a lifeline to to sanity because um, if you have someone that that you work well with, then you're you're generally going to be okay. Uh, I think. I don't know. What do you get? Think about finding that PI. I firstly, like the way I did it was like finding, okay, what kind of research first of all I would like to be part of, right? Also, I don't know, going that's kind of a uh, a, a different approach, I would say. Uh, and and then based on that, you you know uh, who are the the famous PIs and who are uh, like at different schools and uh, and different regions. And you can find figure out like okay whether they uh, and also based on their frequency of uh, research paper publications you can figure out like okay whether they are active because sometimes if they are, if they are big PIs and I've seen in like uh, especially uh, some of the universities that I was familiar with uh, you could see like their publication has dropped like in the just past two years or something but they have been, they were they have been active for before that and but for some reason. Uh, that number has dropped. So you would like to, so even though you, you like that PI, you seems everything good, but you also want to check out like, what's the reason? So it's kind of a very nuanced um, uh, or, or maybe minor detail, but I feel like it's also important to to gauge whether the PI is going to be as active uh, as you would like to be because you want to have that uh, momentum uh, to help you uh, uh, build that career that you are trying to uh, get uh, when you are when you are done graduating with the PhD. So, um, yeah, I mean, different uh, different way of getting uh, around it, I guess. Yeah, I think you know to follow up yeah. on what Raj and Lou are saying. The sad reality, and it is a sad reality of PhD and academia in general, is that the PI themselves play an outsized role in in your five year residency at that institution, the program. It's uh, it's let's be honest about yeah. it. It's a power imbalance. Uh, 
you know, sometimes the character of that person or the research of that person or just the luck of getting a research grant or not, and all of these, those things particular to that research group end up deciding, you know, multiple things of your enjoyment of that program. So, so you have to, what Lou said is right, you have to, you know, make sure that that person is someone you're comfortable working with yeah. at all levels, at the scientific level, at a, you know, at a personal level, you, you agree with, you can, you can, and, and that group as well, not just yeah. the PI themselves. You could see yourself in that That's group right. and uh, kind of, you know, not being, uh, find, find yourself, find a home there for five years at that research group. So. And, and just to really quickly add something to what you're saying, like to to gauge the group properly, the best way you can do it is talking talking to the current grad students. They they are usually like a a complete unreserved resource as far as uh, the, the the what life is like in the group. And so if you are cho- if you get accepted to a school and um and you are like one of the 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 folks that they're kind of interested in that you you may get a invitation to go to visitation weekend which is like uh which happens uh when you're pursuing a phd so if you go to visitation weekend you should definitely 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 take advantage of that get a feel for the school get a feel for the town get a feel for the department and definitely the the various pis and, and and yes and the various ones that you're going to be talking to but even more important than even all that is is talk to the grad students. They will tell you exactly, like, they usually do not care. They're, they're not putting their best face forward. Like, visitation weekend, like, the professors and everyone's going to be on their best behavior. All, the, the weird, curmudgeon professor who, like, attacks all the students, they, like, put them in this cage. And like, stay away from the students. Don't scare anybody. You know, like, they, they try to make everything as nice as possible. And they put the best spin on it. Because if you're coming to visitation weekend, they like you and they, they want you to go there. Uh, but you talk to the grad students, and you'll probably get like a completely uh, unreserved uh, opinion of of what grad school life is like, and they'll tell you the good and the bad, and and the sometimes ugly, you know. So you should definitely talk to them. And if you don't go to visitation weekend, I mean, it's kind of a little annoying to get random emails, but if you're if you're nice about it, uh, the and and the grad student is is nice about it, like they may get an email from you saying, "Hey, um." you know, I, I, I've been accepted to your program and, and uh, I'm interested in your group. I just, do you mind if I ask you a few questions about what the group is like? They, they were probably in your position like two or three years ago. So they, they may say, okay, I was, I was in this position too. And this is, this is something uh, that I can like, you know, try to help them a little bit. And so they, you know, you, that's you not. You can never go wrong with a nice yeah, professional. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I mean, even if they don't respond, what's the worst that can that's happen? That's right. right. If, if you send just, a nice book, it's such an underrated uh, tool, right. you know, this reaching out to people. And the most, for the most of it, graduate students and professors, yes. they actually like to talk about their science. That's the best thing they, they do. Yeah. <laughs> but of yeah, course, yeah, for grad students yeah. and folks <laughs> who work there, it's a good idea to get a feel of, <laughs> of the group, not just the science, the other, the day-to-day stuff of the group. And And... To to add on to like so that's actually one of the yeah. reasons how I found out when I uh, when I went to Missouri that um, the professor that I was supposed to uh, work with uh, is leaving, um, and I didn't oh, know oh. that I didn't know that and yes, he, the, the, good the call. I never uh, reached out to let me know or anything because he I had talked to him before uh, going uh, making the decision of going there and he was he agreed to me. Uh, to taking me and I got the admission I, I went there 
when my first day I found out this. That's crazy. Like, yeah. And, uh, but, and also I didn't find, and also I didn't find out from PI. I found out from the graduate student that I just ran into a hallway and he's like, Oh my God. Oh, yeah. You got a dear, dear PhD <laughs> candidate job letter or something. So, yeah. Those kind of things. Like it's, it's grads, talking to grad students is very, very important. Yeah. Yeah, I, they they will they will to to quote uh, the name of the podcast. They will tell you the real people. Uh-huh. Like they will. Oh, that's right. Dropped it. Dropped it. Well, box. What's up? Check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's absolutely altogether true. I mean, these things happen. Like with you, uh, and that's and this gives me uh, this. Thank you, Roger, because that reminds me of another thing that I heard from one of the other uh, PIs uh, of the department I eventually went to, she told me, she said, you know, I, you know, she, she, she basically said, if you have any questions, just email me. And of course I'm like, that's all I need to hear. So I just started barraging her with tons of questions about what, what the PhD, because I had no idea what the PhD process was like. So I was just asking all kinds of questions and she was super nice and like responded to all of them. But one thing that she, and then she just gave me like free advice. And one of the, best pieces of advice was she goes, you know, it's not a bad idea to have at least two PIs that you can see yourself mm. completely working with, like, because you never know what's going to happen. Like, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. then later going through PhD, uh, going through the PhD process and, and see what happens sometimes to other students. Um, you either, you know, if you have a young assistant professor, they may not get tenure and then they have to leave. And then do you go with them? Do you stay in the department? Do you have, you have to find a new advisor then? Other things happen, like sometimes, even if it's a hotshot who has tenure, who's like really known, he may get poached by another school that wants their capabilities. So then they go and then do the, who do they take? They take the senior level ones. But if you're like the young grad student, usually you have to find a new new home there somehow. So it's good to have at least a few. Uh, you don't want to just pin all your hopes on one guy. Like this is, I want to work with Dr. Whatever. This guy is the best, or, or you might know. not have a position even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. And then, then you're just completely out of luck. So, it's it's you you want to have like a lot of people there that at least at least two or three that you're like I can totally see myself in this group. That seems like a cool place to be uh, because I, even once you get a position, it it may disappear because the this, true. the professor may may move. It's we're, you know in a way we're kind of like and of course this analogy is going to sound ridiculous but i like to think of myself as this like we're, we're hot college uh, basketball prospects and we're going to <laughs> to college and the coach may 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 leave for another hot program or whatever yeah but and then you know then, in my case that's a very ridiculous analogy you were right about <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but 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 honestly it's it's good to have like you know some bases covered because you never know uh what's going to happen i mean this uh and 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 i think we as we said, like Elias, that's a perfect point. Like, don't be afraid to email beforehand. It's not. It's, and and what you said, Elias, is really the key thing. Is a, a very professional, nice, nicely worded email. Of course, you want to be like, hey, who who's who's a big jerk in your department, or you know, like you know, just send a nice email. Just uh, you're gonna have to do this throughout your career, of course. But just uh, you know, tell them what position you're in, and 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 don't make it long either. Because, the, like, I see a long email. It's just like, oh, forget it. I don't even want to read this. But just make short to the point and ask what you need to ask. Yeah. By the way, the email the email idea was actually your idea, but I'm happy to claim it. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great, great. Actually, I think this also leads nicely to to what I think is the most common mistake that 
starting PhD students who are picking a project uh, do, which is to really be very much influenced by your past, your your undergraduate yes. research, yeah. or maybe you did the master's. And so to go in to the PhD program, really very much narrowing uh, what kind of project you want to work on, what kind of group you want to work on, uh, into something very, very narrow. So, uh, and kind of limiting your scope. And of course, your past research and experience does matter. You did stuff because you liked them, uh, probably. Sure. But, but going forward, you know, this is going to be a much longer drawn-out project. This might influence your later career. Uh, we're not experts yet when we join the PhD program. There's a, you know, not at all. If you limit yourself, there's a lot even of things after. that you might miss out on. You might yeah, I was just about to say, some of us not even after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so if you want to go for a PhD program to do, you know, study functionalized graphene nanosheets for removal of cadmium ions from aqueous <laughs> solution, oh, that's, that's great. That's specific. way too specific. Yeah. You know? So. Now, of course, if 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 it's on the other extreme and you just uh, want to do science, <laughs> then you, you, I mean, of course, you have preferences. Your preferences do matter. You might be interested in energy uh, sciences or physical right. or something. But just keep an open mind. Do rotations. Uh, visit labs if your program allows it. Uh, see what their work is about, and do not make a decision before you actually uh, join the program. Just yeah. You know, yeah. lots of things change on the ground. Oh yeah, and and I just uh, to to add to that, I think that um, uh, oftentimes you may think you want to work in a certain research area, uh, but all of a sudden it completely changes when you get there. Like and 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 that's why it's important to have a good solid foundation with like picking the right PI that you're going to jive with is going to make. Uh, you know, if you're working, if you're like, oh, I'm, I want to work on fuel cells. That's what I want. I want. Uh, you know, definitely fuel cells. That's either the future, blah, blah, blah. And at, when I came into uh, uh, my research group, that's something I was interested in. It's one of the reasons I went there. And I, I started working with those. And then it just completely veered from there. And I went into batteries. And then I went into porous carbon materials and other porous materials. And, it, you know, I was able to do this and really, really enjoy all this work quite a bit because I was in a great research group that supported me with a great PI that, that fit me really well. And that's, that's another thing I want to get to is, is it's, you know, there's no perfect PI for everybody, right? Like there's, there's, there's no objective scale. It's, it's, it depends on, well, there are some objective parts. Like <laughs> some, someone's a mean jerk, they're going to be a mean jerk, but by and large, most, yeah, of course there's, there's, there's people you want to avoid it. And this is where talking to the current grad students, like, you know, can, can really be helpful. They're like, Oh, that guy's a tyrant. Avoid him. But like, <laughs> But most of them fall under this like giant bell curve of, of you know they're they're good for certain people and bad for others. Like yeah. my PI tended to be a little bit more hands off and just let me roam free, and that would pull me in when I needed it. So it worked great for me. Like that was That's that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I think that so you have to know yourself quite a bit and know what you like and how you like to work, and then and then try to find the PI to to. Um, to match that with i think and yeah yeah, yeah hands-on versus hands-off is also like very important like also like that will also tell you like how many postdocs they have in that group uh that will show you like who's actually going to be your active pi versus your real pi you know 
Uh, that's true. Like in large groups, that sometimes right? happens. Yeah, right? yeah. So many yeah. many large groups, just postdocs are running things, and um, and uh, main PIs you hardly see them uh, once a year if you're lucky, because <laughs> they are just too big and not enough have not don't have time for you, even though you are under that group. But it's just because, and many times it's fine because the the dynamics of the group is set such a way that um uh it, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because you are there because the resources uh that has uh, uh that's on the table uh I mean, just because of the name of that of that pi uh, in the in the field that's right. and that makes things way easier uh for you in many ways uh you, you don't need to figure out like oh where how to set up this equipment but you have like 10 of those and um and uh like oh how do you like uh, and you have 10 different people writing papers and so you have like you have your own ecosystem um yeah uh and and basically like working in a small company but like producing papers i i find that most research groups are, are organized much like a mafia crime family <laughs> <laughs> without without the hits of course and without the uh the, the illegal activity uh oh well, hopefully not anyway but but essentially you have like the the main boss, right? And they kind of run everything and they're, and then everybody's kind of under, and you have underbosses and then you have like, you know, the grunts. Right, like, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're the PhD students. You're kind of like, you know, the muscle and you get stuff done. You're in the lab, just cranking out research. And then there's, you know, there's undergrads and there's like, you know, players, bit players that run in and oh, out, right. but, yeah. but there's, there's a hierarchical structure there and you're kind of working within it to kind of, uh, you know, and, and then how it's run, it just really depends on the PI and, what their style is and that's why it's so crucial to 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 jive with with the, the you know the, the, the type of pi you're going to be working with because it's going to be either five or six years of awesomeness or or complete hell like if you pick the wrong one so at least right so some things to think about are uh how often would you be publishing uh, which yes. is something Rajan mentioned. Now, of course, yes. that depends. Uh, if you, it's not as if if you join right. that group automatically, you start publishing papers. But yeah. how often, on average, you know, some PIs aim for science and nature papers all the time. And that's great. That's a very high benchmark, and sets you up, you know, for success for a high impact project. But also, those types of work might take years to be able to publish, uh, and you want to have something on the board. And maybe some other PIs are you know, can afford or uh, help you publish earlier, even if it's not as high impact, and, but still, still you, can, good. Yeah. you know, so, so that's kind of depends on your character as well and what you're comfortable with. You want to know how often they can send uh, folks to conferences, which is a very, very, good question. Very, very, important. very important resource. Very important. Uh, uh, also, what kind of workload to expect in those groups? If it's also if uh, you're, you know, they allow you to take vacations, you have yes. to, Maybe sometimes know that stuff, especially, for example, if you a mom or a dad or you have a particular family situation, how attentive are they, are they to your particular needs? Yeah. Just to add to that, I think some PIs just even have like a very, uh, very much like like industry type thing where they go, all right, you get six weeks a year. It's up to you to choose how you do it, blah, blah, blah. You know, and some are just like, if you need time off, let me know. You know, so it just it, it can be really uh, very, very like for me, it was pretty laid back and pretty much uh, 
Man, I take six yeah. weeks a, a year. That's a pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That's a, I know. That's good. Yeah, that's that's not that's that's not what you would hear. Yeah, you would hear probably like um, like maybe four or two weeks or whatever. But anyway, well, like you and uh, <laughs> but that's different. Like it's, if you, I feel like also it depends on many times if you are in a big group. I feel like you have a bit more leverage in that sense. Like you are more hands off, and so you have more. Um, uh, a leeway of like oh taking a break and what's this like uh what i was in a like a very small group and i was the like first uh student so yeah. so yeah. then you, there's like if you're done the lab is shut down basically you are the lab you know yeah. <laughs> so so it's harder in that sense so yeah i mean it, I but, then it, when, but personally i was fine with it like i i didn't take a vacation because i just was not in a mood to take vacation and i, I mean you live in the great state of missouri yeah i mean that's that's, that's a different i love missouri by the way all our missouri fans <laughs> we just lost all our missouri listeners we lost midwest the yeah. election is rigged <laughs> we just lost all our missouri listeners <laughs> yeah 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 Please uh, send all your hate mail, uh, please, to uh, <laughs> to, to uh, phdmail uh, at gmail dot com and just uh, yeah, just just pension pension Elliot. But that, 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 that's the thing. But like it's it's again, it comes down to you, right? Like essentially, yeah, you should be that's okay right. with those those restrictions and um, like implicit uh, expectations, you know, sometimes. So yeah. Yeah, some PIs are as long as you deliver, they are fine. You do the job, true. true. They don't need to say. They don't care. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it, and yeah, these results vary really by group by group, and it's just and and here's something else to consider too. Look look at your PIs and look at how they do things or potential PIs. Let's say if you can do this, but you should definitely realize this at least that that you are going to be heavily influenced by them as well, and so. If you want to be that type, if you're if you're like this is the type of researcher I want to be, this is the type of group I want to run, just go to them. Like be, let them be your PI because you will be heavily influenced with them. I, I see it all the time. Like if someone goes into a research group, they can be uh, super uh, quiet and 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 then th- their PI is like crazy driven and like and then they become crazy driven and then you see them later. They, they have a, their own research group and they're they're basically the reincarnation of their pi all over again it's it's amazing yeah. how you you learn so much from your pi and, and your advisor uh that and you will eventually learn how because you have no other model to to base it's like we're learning from your parents like how to interact with people and how to how to live your life you learn how to deal with academia from your pi so you should know that uh if you like the way they do things then that's great like you're in the right place if you don't by the way, this is how you're going to learn how to interact. So it's going to be very difficult to learn uh, otherwise. So you should you should definitely know that uh, that that you're going to you're not going to be a clone copy, of course, but but you're going to learn how to interact with uh, research, how to how to deal with deadlines, how to deal with um, all the rigors of of being a PhD scientist uh, from them, and you're going to basically be heavily influenced and be very similar to them as well. Especially in writing, I feel uh, I feel I picked up a lot of the writing style from my previous PI, and now I picked up a lot from the writing style of my current PI. 
just the way you approach science problems as well. Yeah. There you go. So find someone who inspires you, is what we're saying. Yes, you know, as, as, as cliche and corny as that's... Yeah, no doubt, yeah. It sounds corny, but that's 100% correct. Yeah. Like, you just just be like, I want to be like Dr. whatever, or I, the, uh, she does everything that I want to do as far as, like, she, she has a career I want, or he has, he the way he handles everything is the way I want to do it, and then... You'll be good because you will you will basically learn from them how to how to be them. So that's that's yeah. I I think I think uh, that that's so so your PI is huge. Uh, it's a, it's it's I think probably the most important decision you're going to make in your PhD career. But the school is not a light choice too, right? So like the type of school you go to uh, is is going to be a big part of it as well. And and not to mention the town, right? So you you're going to be perhaps more than likely traveling to a new place. So, um, you know, what do you guys think? You know, big school, small school, you know, big facilities, small facilities, small little liberal arts school. Like what, what's, what's like, I guess it depends on the person. What are your thoughts on this? It, it, I think, I feel like when you're for, for me personally, I thought like as long as your PI is, uh, doing uh, a good job of bringing money for the research that you want to do, uh, I, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Uh, sometimes, like big school or anything, because so many times you can see, like even uh, uh, mid-sized uh, universities are producing like very high-quality research. And uh, so, I, f- I feel that's true. But you're more on the, from your experience, on the entrepreneurial end of that spec, like the mm-hmm. private, you know, sector. Right. You know, to be honest, if you want to say in academia, and that's. Let's be totally honest about it. Let's be oh, about it. right. No, I agree. The better your chances are. I, I totally agree. And it's, the reputation of your uh, graduate yeah. institution and also if, if you, your postdoc institutions. Which, which I think is highly overrated. I but, agree. But, I totally but it agree. is the way it is. That yeah, is true. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Doubt, no doubt that's the way it is. I mean, that's true. Yeah. If I, you uh, went for your PhD at MIT, it's oh, different than if you went... At Florida State, Virgo or Florida. <laughs> this is, yeah. yeah. I can totally say that. I went to Florida State. It's a great school. They have great weather, much better than MIT for sure. It's a beautiful campus, great chemistry program. We have a very exciting building as well. Oh, yeah. Please send your hate mail address to P H D E L M A L M A I L at gmail.com. P H D L mail at gmail.com. Just just send all your hate mail over. Don't worry. We'll, we'll enjoy reading. We just, we just united Missouri and hey. Florida graduates. <laughs> but this guy is doing it. <laughs> You're a joiner. You're a joiner. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, you can get places from any kind of R1 school, no doubt. And if you're yeah. a hard worker, you do a good job, you join an inspiring professor, do good work, impactful research, no doubt you can do excellent yes. from, from any kind of research institution. But just the pragmatic view of it is, if you want to stay in academia often, more often than not, it helps to be at a better institution. That's, that's correct. That is, yeah. It's sad truth, yes. I, actually, I would add to that, speaking of Florida State, that... Another, no, oh, no. No, Another thing that comes into it is a sort of uniqueness of a specific kind of facility. So, for example, I, I was going to get this. Yeah, yes. Yeah, Lou, yeah, mentioned, Lou mentioned Cornell, and you folks had that synchrotron. Not any. Oh, yeah. That's cool. That's exactly where I was going to go. Yeah. yeah. 
not every it, school has that in their backyard, right? And and so in Tallahassee, we also had the the Magla, which is a user facility, has the strongest magnets in the world. And if that's relevant to your research, I mean, that's the place to be. You know, you can't. That's right. That's there. right. So that that does make it, and people notice that they know that you're from the best specialty from that school, which is a specialist in that work. That gets you places as well. Right. That is the other thing to consider with the school. If you are, if you are into, so you need to know what type of career you want. And if the, to, Oh, sorry. No, no, I'm oh. just saying, like, if you are into biological sciences research or, like, oh, no, medical science research or biomedical science research, <laughs> just covering my bases. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, like, like, if you are associated with, uh, like, if your university is associated with some uh, medical school, that's perfect because you now you, are, you will be running, like, uh, RCT trials and um, uh, doing a more social science version of those uh, those uh, actual drugs that you develop or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, like what, what Elliot said is I, and what Rajan has been saying, I completely agree with you need to, uh, you need to take into consideration, not just um, it, it, uh, the school, but what you want to do. Right. So if your career is going to involve academia or probably, or even maybe, then you want to go for a big name school. That's going to look good on your CV in, in five or six years. Uh, if you want, um, you know, if, if you need a specific uh, facility, you should definitely uh, look for that. But at the same time, you should also go to a town you can see living in, right? Like yeah. that's going to be part of. So you, 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 I know this is this this is going to sound crazy to you guys, but there are times when you're not going to be in the lab or or like not. Wait, what? Not, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> don't, don't do that. What's the vacation? <laughs> Here's, here's where we go down the fictional path and the real path, you know? uh, the, with with trying to hint that you actually have a, a life outside of the lab. But but at some point, either either the school will close down for some giant snowstorm. You'll be like, oh wow, I live in this town that I never realized uh, existed. <laughs> like, but it, the the quirkiness of the town, the, the 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 city versus rural. I mean, all this stuff you sh- you know will influence you a little bit as well. Like, I mean. Like you're going to be living in in the lab probably, and and that's going to be a big part of it. But you want to be able to not be just don't be in a city that you hate. You know, like you don't want to be like I hate a big city. No feeling. And then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I you know, like? Like for example, Elias he wouldn't survive in anywhere in Missouri because like obviously he's like Missouri. Yeah. But it was in after side, side note, I recently had a job interview, so I definitely <laughs> hope. <laughs> you, said, you said I should release this episode before all those previous episodes. Yeah, so okay. Maybe. Well, there's going to be a lot of censoring going on here. We're, we're going to have to just, uh, every time Missouri is mentioned from Elias, we're going to have to just fit in some other kind of. Uh, stater, <laughs> Alaska. Like, I I can't stand Alaska. <laughs> uh, but but you really you 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 that you're gonna be there. You're gonna be there for five or six years. You should you should know what the rents are like. I I put forth a, a huge, yes. very nerdy, um, uh, giant Excel spreadsheet of like all the different schools, what the average rent was, what what uh what the what the pros and cons were like all this 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 big giant rubric to kind of choose what school I wanted to go to and and the town is part of it like if you know I loved Ithaca I thought it's a, such a cool little quirky town uh and and it's kind of 
bizarre in all the right ways. So I kind of dug it. So that was like a, that was a big uh, part of the decision too. But, but that's something that, um, that, that should be a part of your, uh, of your calculus when you're trying to figure out where you're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then besides that, you know, you have the school, you have your advisor and, and of course, department. where you're, yeah. So, the, you know, the type of, uh, the department you go to, uh, of course, this is coupled with your advisor to some degree, although Cornell has a weird field system. Uh, so every, and then some schools are, are, are similar in this way too, where, uh, at least in Cornell's case, you had, you, every PI was part of the field of something, field of material science, and they can kind of go into other departments because they're in a field. So you, you can be doing material science and nanotechnology, and that can wander into chemistry versus, and also chemical engineering, and also, of course, material science. And also, so, so there was like this fuzziness of, of the different departments, which was kind of appealing to me as well. Uh, but but every just be aware that every single school and every every single department they're up they're their own little fiefdom and they have to figure out how they're going to organize what they do. So everybody does it a little different, and and some do it way way different. So you should be aware of what their system is and and what the department is like. Uh, are, is it a small department? Do you like that? Is it a big department? Do you like that? You know these are these are this is where, where you're going to be living from. I feel like another uh, important part will come to come down to department is uh, your uh, your exams, right? So your your uh, your defense, uh, your and your comprehensive exams. Because many times I have like I've seen at least some of the people like complain, and or or, or like like there are weird rules and diff- every different every diff- every department and every university has their own way of conducting yeah. those things right so many times it makes sense and to some people and some some people are like oh this is this is nonsense like why we are doing this yeah i'm i'm not i, I have no connection to that uh particular subject i'm but i still have to go through this this ordeal you know so those kind of details are also important to uh look at to to, to rehash an earlier topic that we had in a previous episode like um it PhD uh, or pursuing a PhD is completely different than an undergraduate degree in a lot of ways. But one of the big ones is if you go to a mechanical engineering de- uh, department and going for your undergrad in mechanical engineering at Cornell versus University of Maine versus uh, even University of Missouri, uh, <laughs> they're all, they're all, they're all going to be relatively similar. You know, uh, there's going to be different facilities. That they're going to do things different ways, of course, but more or less, you're going to have the very, very, very similar overlapping experiences with other undergraduates at those institutions. But if you go for uh, a material science degree at Cornell, it's it can be completely different from one that you get at Georgia Tech or one that you get at um, uh, yeah, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. University. Yeah, it's just it, every department does things in their own little way, and and they're they're kind of unique. And then there's like departments that are are heavy in one way, like a physics department that does a lot of this type of physics versus one that does a different type of physics. And and they have like, you know, things that they're known for and things that, so so there's a lot of variability, uh, I guess is what I'm saying. So you should definitely do some research and find out uh, what that's like. Don't be expecting the same kind of consistency that you get uh, as an undergraduate. And it was one of the things that really surprised me when I when I was going for my PhD. If you like teaching or if you want to have a teaching experience, 
some departments have TA positions more than others. So for the traditional right. yes. sciences like physics and chemistry, you kind of traditionally have to do a couple of semesters at least of teaching compared, say, to a materials science uh, department where that uh, you require sometimes waived just because basically everyone on campus takes a physics or a chemistry course and there are those positions to fill. So that might be something good or bad. Now, staying, staying with your undergraduate uh, major and your PhD versus changing to something else, that's a very good question and it's a double-edged uh, sword in a sense. Uh, you know, again, in academia, when they want to hire in a physics department, they want a physicist, usually. Yeah. Or chemistry, want a chemist. And, you know, you should at least have your undergraduate usually uh, of that major and often you know different departments look at and uh, faculty search committees look at things differently but often they prefer to have someone who's traditionally been in those kinds of departments uh, for their hire so chemistry phd as well but but of course you can do good science anyway and there's a lot of exciting science happening in those multidisciplinary facilities like say biophysical something or or material science, and uh, people are understanding more and more the nature of this uh, multidisciplinary science, and a lot of resources are going towards those departments as well. But but I think you know uh, often if it's a, a strange sounding department, make sure it's a solid program. It's been there for a while. There's enough enrollment there. Often people get shifted back into chemistry uh, department, say, if the biophysical something program did not work out or something, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. if it's a young kind of uh, major. So so you really can't go wrong with a traditional degree, but but there's a lot of upside potentially for a more exciting multidisciplinary degree. So. Yeah, yeah. I, in fact, I would, you know... Uh... Yeah, I, I would say, for me personally, I guess I'm more of a high-risk person. I'm just like, go into something. If, if you, sh- you should go with what you want to do. But if, if at any kind of, in any kind of way you're thinking, I shouldn't go into this discipline because I studied this instead, don't, as far as I'm concerned, just ignore that voice telling you that. Like, just jump right into it and just do it. Like, you're going to be coming with a lot of deficiencies because you're not going to, let's say you're, you're, like for me, I was a mechanical engineering uh, undergrad person going into a material science program that was chemistry heavy and in a research group that was very chemistry heavy. And so I was like, man, I don't know enough chemistry to survive here. I'm going to be dead in a week. But but I came with a big mechanics background. Like and and I, you know, I was watching. I, I, I really thought I was like I was I made a terrible mistake. Like within a month, I'm like, oh, my God, like, I, I don't know. I don't know enough stuff here. I, I only cared as a mechanical engineer about combustion processes and maybe it was like I had the equivalent of gen chem and everybody else was uh, way, way ahead of me uh, on that. But the really great thing is you can you can catch up, no problem. I mean, you're in a great institution with great yeah. professors. You, you take some classes, you yeah. shore up your weaknesses. And then the, the great thing is uh, you have this other strength that not everybody else has, and you can you can apply it to your work, and then you can you can uh, do things that nobody else can. So I, I started working with actuators when I first got there, and I was making these little uh, these polymer actuators that I would make these nanocomposites with, make and and kind of uh, make them bend and do all kinds of uh, 
uh, movement and everybody in my group who were like world, world-class chemists, they looked at it like I was doing something profound. And I'm like, I'm just making this little piece of plastic curl. Like I'm not doing much. And they're like, this is amazing. You have all these wires sticking out of it. And like, to them, it was like, it was like completely wild. And I was like, what you guys do is completely wild. Like I can't even believe. So, so don't, don't, as far as I'm concerned, do not let it hinder your thought process one bit. If you think you want to do something different from your undergrad and you're concerned, if, if you are willing to work hard and, and, uh, shore up the weaknesses, then you'll find that those advantages really pay off uh, afterwards. Uh, it's going to be a lot of work, but it's super worth it, I think. But that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I think all of this leads into, we've, we've been talking about things that have upside or downside, but I mean, kind of you brought this back into this main thought that in every episode, we keep coming back to this thought that there's a lot in your hands, actually, when you're doing a PhD. Regardless yeah. of which institution, which major, which PI you're at, you still have a lot of power, some margin of power, and that can shape your career. And you can go places from any kind of PhD programs. Uh, so, so, of course, sometimes a decision is maybe better or not. Sometimes you think, oh, I wish I could have done this differently. But at the end of the day, you know, you should have this mindset that the best decision is the one you made and you can make the best of it and get places. And, and people you often do. So you're a great motivated individual and, uh, you know, you can, you can do anything you set your mind to. <laughs> it's like no one is watching. <laughs> pipette, like no one is watching you, Pipette. And, uh, the pirate man. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, wait. And, and work with synergy. Like, let, let's bring in all the field. Yeah. Honestly, though, you are, you are correct. Like, you, if you if you yeah jump into it and just and just do it um you know you and you have control over over your destiny i mean it's it's your phd and so uh there's it's going to be a little overwhelming at first but this is a really good point Elliot, because honestly like you once you realize like hey this is my phd and i can make it what i want then all of a sudden it gets really fun and you're like oh wow yeah. i can i can explore this and, and again this yeah. is this goes back to choosing the right advisor if you have an advisor that if you if you don't like to explore things which is totally fine like maybe you you're like eh, i just want to work on this one thing blah, blah blah uh that's 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 fine but for me i like to explore lots of different things and i had an advisor who was like more than happy to let me go that direction so it, just make it your own right no that's a good point so actually uh, when i started uh, when I uh, finally landed on my third advisor. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> was that? Are you being uh, literal about this? Did you really land on? Yeah, yeah, okay. he, yeah, I crushed him. <laughs> 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 but I mean, so uh, third and final uh, advisor uh, from a PhD, and I started, and he was mostly doing Catalyst and. Uh, and I, I, I really wanted when I when I started my PhD, I want all like my set interest was in energy storage or generation. So I was like, as long as I can do that, at least some part of my PhD, that would be great. So it took like I mean, I talked to him and he was very uh, very willing to you know start that new chapter as a, as a like let's see what if it, this works out. If it doesn't, eh, we can 
keep continue doing our catalyst work. But I mean, it, it panned out very well. Uh, so sometimes it's just as simple as just talking about the idea that you want to do. And sometimes it, you can just show uh, like preliminary data or, or even uh, other group in the same department and you can collaborate based on that. And, and I feel like all, all the PIs at the end of the day want is a good research. You know, so they might yeah, not yeah. be doing it at the moment, but that does not mean they won't do it ever. Mm. You know, that's right. And especially if you're doing most of the heavy lifting. Yes. Yeah. That's, exactly. If anything, <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be, um, I mean, you're going to be doing it most, most of the heavy lifting anyway, but like, but if you're coming up with the concepts and you're coming up with something that's, that's fundable uh, to, to, to an advisor, it's like, well, this is like a lot off my plate. Like, like Rajan's taking care of all the stuff that I don't want to deal with and, and I don't have time to deal with. It's like, great, make it, make it happen. You've convinced me, make it happen. So, so sometimes I, I, I like to do this too. And I, I first, I, I thought like, uh, uh, with my advisor, I used to come up with like these little weird ideas and sometimes he'd be like, yeah, that sounds good. Or that sounds crazy. And then I realized really quickly, the best way to like get him on board is like just to do the experiments beforehand. Like just when I have like some extra time, just kind of start and then, um, you know, get some good data. And then I come to him and just say like, Hey, this look at this cool data we have. We've decided to do this and try this and look what we got. And he's like, Oh yeah, let's, let's, let's look further into this. And then, and, and I was really kind of like, wow, my advisor is so cool. He lets me like play around a lot, which, which is true. But, um, but then I had a, an undergraduate um, who, who's a researcher for me and she took, I was making porous carbons at the time and she used them for this application that I wasn't working on. And she goes, I kind of want to do this. And I remember being like, yeah, go for it. Like, I don't want to like, have to figure out what her research plan is like it, it was a lot of work and the fact that she had the the go-gettedness the 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 the, the complete uh self-autonomy to just say i want to work on this and i want to push this and this is a, a place where i think i can do this and I, I was like this is great this is this is awesome go for it i'm gonna help you of course and support you but and then i realized oh okay pis must like it when you come up with you know good concepts that can kind of so don't be afraid to like, you know, if, if you make the, the PhD yours and, and really uh, go for things that interest you and that you think uh, have the potential to, to blow up big, any advisor who's smart would be like, yeah, go for it. Like that's, that's, especially if you come with some data. Sure. Yeah. So I guess uh, I, I think we're getting close to the end of the topic. Uh, I think there's a few, a few other uh Tips and 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 pieces of nuggets. advice, maybe. Use the word nuggets. Use the word nuggets. <laughs> Challenge not to use it. PH nuggets. Some, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I just pulled it off with a plum. So a little little, little bit of a nuggets of of information uh, that that uh, we may have for anyone out there. Like I think I think one thing that somebody told me once too which I think was a great uh, – oh, it was uh, Stephen Strugitz, this, like, famous math guy at Cornell, which was, like – he was uh, – he's, he's on Radio Lab a lot, which is, like, an awesome oh, wow. podcast. Wow. I, mean, I mean, no, no PhD. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we, should, we should reach out to Radio Lab, one of our com- competitor podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're name-dropping now. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're going for your throne, Jad. Like, just, just watch your back, buddy. But uh, but he 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 appears on Radio Lab quite a bit, and he's like a very very smart and very 
helpful guy. And so I used to love to talk to him. And because uh, I went to this, uh, you know, uh, kind of like a what's the PhD discussion group that they had, like when we incoming students, they were like, what's the deal with like, you know, going for your PhD? What, what's, you know, what should you expect? What should you, and I was like, oh, this would be a good information session. So he was one of the people on the panel and he was like, I found him completely um, awesome because he was very willing to just say things without worry about consequence. And I'm like, this guy's a very honest, genuine guy. So I, I talked to him afterwards and I'm like, I like what you were saying. And then we spoke a bit more. Uh, and then he told me this really great piece of advice, which was find your advisor uncle. Like you need to, or aunt, your aunt or uncle. And like, you need you need your advisor, of course, right? But your advisor is like your parent. And, and, and basically- <laughs> You're not going to be able to bring everything to your parents, right? Because like some things you're either embarrassed about, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You or or you can't, uh, you can't, uh, you know, you don't want to like tell them everything. Like I have this crush on this girl and she's awesome or whatever, and like because you <laughs> no. don't have your parents. But but your but your uncle or your aunt, that's like the cool one, and like you can kind of like talk with them a little more uh, without consequence, and that's what you need when you go into a PhD. So it's not a bad idea to find someone you really get along with great that you're not really working with, but, uh, but that you can just talk and, and that they enjoy your company, you enjoy their company, and they'll probably look at you as someone they can help along the way and be like an uncle or an aunt to you. Like this is like a really good thing to do because you're going to run into problems and things and it's good to have someone that you can kind of uh, rely on. I think. And I thought that was a great piece of advice. So I tried to like talk to yeah, as many people as possible. Be, it could be a senior grad student or a postdoc, I guess. Yeah. In which case it would be more of a cousin than an aunt or uncle, I guess. <laughs> An older cousin. Yeah. And then you could talk and say like, look, I know mom's crazy or like your mom's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I okay. think that closes up today's episode. Thank you, uh, all the PhD nation out there, PhD arenos. Yeah, yeah. And and let me give a heartfelt, very very deep apologetic <laughs> tone to our friends in Missouri. Uh, I apologize <laughs> on behalf of Elias for what, whatever insulting things he said, <laughs> especially those who interviewed me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but thanks again guys and uh, until the next episode hey keep on rocking out the great science keep cranking out science keep rocking rock on everybody rock on peace peace